0: whatever i'll just feel like craig start talking i'll go (laughs) get a beer go to the bathroom
1: take the dogs out i'll be talking for like 20 minutes straight about about shack shack
0: Howdy, everyone. This is Saturday, November 12th, 2016, and this is episode 28 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. I am Kyle Askin, and I'm joined by Craig Stone. What's Hello. going on, Craig? Uh, lots of stuff to talk about, obviously. Yeah, lots of stuff to talk about. So I have to say, before we get into this episode, uh, this is going to be a slightly different episode than normal, because there, there actually was quite a bit of stuff that's happened in the last couple of weeks in Atlantic City. However, since we just got back from the big trip and meetup, I think that 90% of this episode is going to be trip report. So we're going to push most of that news off until our next episode. And we'll kind of catch up on all the news then, um, including a Borgata resort fee, uh, raise. But, uh, there is one piece of news we absolutely cannot ignore. And that is that the state has rejected Atlantic city's fiscal plan that they've submitted. So do you want to talk a bit about that, Craig?
1: Yeah. Uh, Kind of a little bit of a surprise, I think, on November 2nd, I believe, uh, which was the Tuesday before we went to Atlantic City, the state decided not to accept Atlantic City's fiscal plan. Uh, This is the the Department of Community Affairs basically had the decision to make uh, all by themselves, and they did not have to follow what the uh, State Assembly Judiciary Committee recommended, which – Uh, The last time we talked, they had some very nice things to say about Atlantic City's fiscal plan, and it seemed like things were going to go through and be fine. And then the Department of Community Affairs submitted a report saying, no, this is unacceptable, and the state actually has the ability to take over Atlantic City's finances immediately. I'll link to a pair of Christian Hetrick articles from the press of Atlantic City. And the long and the short of it is that Timothy Cunningham, who is the director of local government services for the state, basically now has control of Atlantic City. So he can actually sell city assets, hire or fire people, break union contracts uh, for the next five years. He he may designate someone else to do it and actually handle uh, the day-to-day operations, or he may do it himself. That is yet to be determined, but uh, that's pretty much the gist of it where we stand right now certainly a lot more will come out but i think for us the most important thing is you know what does this mean for atlantic city's casinos what does it mean for us as tourists who go to atlantic city somewhat regularly right okay so
0: i've read a few articles about this as well and it sounds like right now what has changed You know, if you ask what has changed, the answer is absolutely nothing. Um, The Don Guardian and the Atlantic City City Council have been told that they should proceed. It's business as usual, basically until they hear otherwise. Uh, There was some talk of what was going to be the next step from the city, because I think as soon as something does change, as soon as the state does take control, they're going to probably sue. But... Uh, they're not doing anything yet, and basically Don guardian is taking a wait-and-see attitude. Um, so we can talk more about that in a little bit, but just to, to answer your question of how's it going to affect us, the Taurus, I, I, I think the answer, regardless of what ends up happening, is probably not very much, right? I mean, there are going to be perhaps some structural changes. You know, they might they might do something with the police force similar to what happened in Camden, which was talked about yesterday or today in the Facebook group, which is you know and it has been discussed I think by us over some past episodes like maybe dissolve the city police force and use Atlanta counties or something like that. but I, I think at the base level, nothing's really going to change from a tourist perspective. The bigger change of the city comes in is going to be for the the residents.
1: Yeah, I mean definitely the changes are going to be for the residents. There's already been talk about how this is going to affect the tax rate and things like that. Uh I guess from the casino's standpoint, I mean certainly us when we go to the casino, you know, you're not going to feel a difference, I don't think. Uh there's been some questions in the Facebook group and elsewhere about, you know, what what would the casino's prefer here? Like do they prefer one or the other? I don't I don't know that they have enough information really to know <laughs> which they'd prefer. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Borgata does not want Atlantic City to go bankrupt because the then city they get no money. <laughs> right, the city owes them 130 or so million dollars, and they would almost definitely get a fraction much of less that. than that. Yeah. Yes. So I, so I don't know, but I, you know, I haven't heard much about sort of what the state could do in terms of changing taxes on the casinos i think the pilot program the payment in lieu of taxes program is sort of already written in i i don't see yeah, that, that changing
0: that was passed as part of this bill or as part of the takeover bill i believe
1: right it was yeah in conjunction so that's, with that's not going
0: to affect the casinos i mean other stuff may affect atlantic city like you know the big worry is that uh george norcross is going to take over the water and jack up everyone's rates um i think regardless of what happens people's taxes in Atlantic City are going to go up, which is, you know, from my perspective as someone who doesn't live in the state of New Jersey, slightly ridiculous because I, I see what the property taxes are there and, and they seem very high to me. So like already, even before anything goes up, you know, everything seems high, pretty high to me. So,
1: yeah, I mean, from a, sort of from a municipality standpoint or, or from obviously we can't relate to the residents so much, but right. I think for tourists, it probably doesn't mean that much for residents. I think there are a lot of things to be worried about. Like you said, the privatization of the water, the taxes. I mean, the state is presumably going to care significantly less about the residents of Atlantic City than the people that those residents have elected, who are like the direct constituents of <laughs> of the people that they have voted for. So it's tough it's probably a bad situation if, if for, for residents. I mean, I can't imagine that this works out as a positive for them. So, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't think so, we're too affected by that, but it's not the best thing in the world. I, I think the thing that to do now
0: is we really need to take a wait-and-see approach, though, because it, it sounds like many people, uh, perhaps you included, maybe not, sound like they've basically baked in that the state is going to be making changes in Atlantic city. And I've actually read a couple articles that say they actually may not depending on what happens. So just to get into a couple of the scenarios where the state might not do anything that this city council and the mayor may keep control of the city. Um, I guess one thing that could happen is obviously Donald Trump run the presidential election and Chris Christie is someone that has been rumored to maybe have a cabinet position. And if that happens, he's going to have to resign as governor of New Jersey and the lieutenant governor is going to take over. And there was an article I read with an, where someone asked a question of Don Guardian of like how he thinks that could change if, if Chris Christie's not the, the governor anymore. And I, it seemed like he thought that it may be a bit better for the city if that's the case, because I guess he thinks that the lieutenant governor might be a bit more generous with them. And then I read a second article saying that the likely uh, Democratic gubernatorial candidate, Phil Murphy, he has come out on Friday and said specifically one of the the pillars of his campaign is that if he wins, he will not be running the city of Atlantic City. He's going to return all power back to the city council and the mayor, and he's going to get totally out of it.
1: Yeah, and that election's in 2017, so it's, right, not it's, even, next year. Yeah, it's not even that far off. I mean, it's November of 2016 right now. And if this thing gets tied up in in courts, which, which I think which everyone it, assumes it, it will. will. Yeah. I mean, I think I read somewhere
0: that the second they, they break a union contract, that's when they're absolutely,
1: no matter what, going to be getting sued and it's going to go to court. So, yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible that that gets strung out until the next uh, governor election in New Jersey. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think a lot can still happen. There's sort of nothing that's a done deal. Even the privatization of the Water Authority, which everybody sort of said is is the first thing that the state's going to try to do, even that's not a done deal. So you're right. I think we play wait and see. I think if you're a tourist who's heading to Atlantic City, the best thing to do is just not to worry about it. I mean, there are certainly other things that has have been talked about selling off assets, whether it's Baderfield, Field, uh, the water utility, which we keep talking about. I'm not sure if they would finally move to do something with the land that the CRDA, the casino reinvestment development authority sits on and and doesn't pay any taxes on, but that's a state organization. So I would guess probably not (laughs) like if they haven't done it yet, why would they do it now? But
0: so, uh, I mean, I think my, my summary of, of what's going on is like, we really do need to take a wait and see the fact that, um, Chris Christie, who is like a major driver of this entire thing happening, might not be the governor in two months, you know. If if he gets a cabinet position, that's a huge deal. And the fact that the Democratic gubernatorial candidate says like he absolutely will not be running Atlantic City is also a huge deal. So I, I think that we need to do a little bit more waiting before we start talking about what's actually going to be changing. Because as of right now, like I said, Don Guardian and the City Council have been told that it's business as usual. They should just go about their business as if this didn't happen, but by, by the uh the state board that is technically in control now,
1: yeah, so lots will happen either very soon or it'll drag out forever as many things in Atlantic City do,
0: yep. So I, I think with that out of the way, we can we can skip all the other news and and get straight to the trip report because I suspect we'll be spending quite a bit of time talking about our trip and everything that happened there. So let's let's talk about what what we did and then we can sort of bounce around and and get into a bit more depth either as we're going through or afterwards we can talk about specific things. So I guess I'll get started since I got there first. So I got there, you know, I left my house at about nine o'clock on Thursday morning. And headed up to Atlantic City and and arrived and got to resorts. Actually, I didn't. I, I stopped at Caesars on the way in just because I had some slot play. And I really had to use the facilities as well. So I stopped at Caesars, uh, used some free slot play, played there for a couple hours. And then got my parking pass and, and headed up to resorts. So anyway, I checked into resorts. And I think I I mentioned this on a past episode, probably last episode, I was going to try the $20 uh, sandwich and see how that worked. And it worked very well. So it seemed like the woman behind the counter doesn't get many $20 sandwiches at resorts. So she seemed pretty surprised and very happy to try to help me out. So... She gave me some choices of the rooms I had. She told me I was supposed to be in an Ocean Tower room above the seventh floor, which are the old and crappy rooms where Craig and another group of our friends stayed last trip. Uh, but she gave me uh, a choice of either uh, a room in the Rendezvous Tower or a room in the Ocean Tower below that and i which are brand new renovated rooms that are basically there were two rooms and they knocked the wall down and made it into one big room so i took the ocean tower room she said that that's what she would recommend so i was on the fourth floor in the ocean tower in a renovated room and it was very very nice it's had two bathrooms two closets uh you know king bed and it was Fairly large, because it was two rooms that were put together, which is why it had two closets, two bathrooms as well. Um, But it was really nice. And I know that we kind of poo-pooed resorts rooms last time, but if you can get this renovated room, it it was a good experience. And I would think that the $20 trick should probably basically always work there, considering how
1: surprised and happy she seemed to be to get a $20 bill. Yeah, I mean, certainly Thursday, Thursday, Friday nights, no Saturday tacked onto this day right increases your odds greatly although i expect even if you're staying a saturday off off peak you know november <laughs> you're gonna right. have pretty good luck so was the room you know obviously as two rooms i'm picturing this sort of awkward thing with two bathrooms where it feels like you're in a in joining rooms where the the wall's just gone <laughs> and it feels like there should be a second bed and everything but you know did they pull it off sort of cohesively so that it feels like a, a one big room and not... It,
0: I think it felt like one big room. I mean, it was, you know, there's two doors and, you know, two hallways to the doors. I mean, so it was like a little weird, but I, I thought it was done well. I thought it was nice. So, you know, so, one of the doors just had like a big arrow pointing at the other door, so you weren't supposed to use it. You were only supposed <laughs> to go in the one door. They couldn't have just ripped out the door and made it a wall. <laughs> uh, you know. Resorts. Cost money. Yeah.
1: It was it was legitimately very nice though. I was very impressed. So better than say like Caesar's Centurion Tower? <sighs> like if you have those two choices. It,
0: it depends. I I think it it's a bit bigger. So if you're like planning on maybe having like people up to the room to whatever play cards or or sit around or or whatever, it might be a bit better, but is it nicer? Probably not
1: but felt very new no furniture no it, rickety furniture falling no, down the, or anything No the furniture
0: like that. was very nice it was it was good I mean my view was horrible it was of <laughs> the roof
1: of you
0: know the taj so uh,
1: you got to stare at the closed taj though
0: Yeah it was it was bad
1: So what did you do food wise on Thursday night since you were there before most of the group
0: I Yeah okay so Thursday night I walked to uh, Tony Baloney's up next to Revel, and got a couple slices of pizza there, which because I had never been, and I know Ed was pushing us hard last time to go, and we didn't go, so I figured I could do that this time, especially since it's up in resorts, and it's reasonably close by, so I made the walk up the boardwalk to where it ended, because the boardwalk is closed right now past Revel, because they're rebuilding it or doing major construction on it. Which honestly was a little annoying, but it was fine because it's fall and no one's up there anyway. But uh I got to walk through all of the blighted land that the C R D A has bought and is doing absolutely nothing with, with like the three houses they haven't bought yet, just sitting there on big empty, you know, city blocks that have no other houses on them. So it doesn't look great, but you know, it was it was good. Tony Baloney's looked like they had had no other customers the entire day other than me. So, yeah, uh, they actually told me they're like transitioning from the summer menu to the winter menu, so they had like a very limited menu as well, which was fine. I just wanted a couple slices of pizza. But it was very good. I had uh one of the slices was margarita and one of the slices was uh some sort of beer-battered chicken with barbecue sauce or something. It was good.
1: It was very good. So hopefully they do some robust delivery business cuz obviously yeah. they're not it was it, with...
0: it was empty. I mean there's there's nothing
1: up there in the South Inlet. There's
0: not not a lot going on.
1: Yeah, they they need ten to open and do well yeah. ASAP. Yes. Well Thursday you went to
0: Borgata, right? So right. I, I played in resorts for a little bit. I went and got some food and then I went out to Borgata. I met with your brother Paul, who was staying in Borgata uh for a bit. He went to grab food and then I went to what was going to be just a small meetup because a couple of people had mentioned that they were going to be getting in Thursday and this small meetup basically ended up being only Eric cause <laughs> no one else showed up, which was fine. So me and Eric met at the B bar and, uh, played some video poker for uh, 30 minutes an a- or an hour. One of his, uh, buddies from work was there as well. And then we went and, uh, played some craps at, uh, Borgata just for like, an hour or something uh and paul was there watching us as well and uh then i think we we got out of there and went to uh caesar's
1: so questions Mm -hmm. the did you play full pay video poker at the b bar
0: yes full pay video poker at the b bar getting comp drinks which i had a couple of
1: a dollar or 25 cents
0: uh it was a quarter
1: oh my goodness that's insane it was
0: it was insane I mean, I know Eric was blown away by it. So, yeah,
1: I mean, we've seen it. I've seen that listed on VP Free 2 forever, yeah. and I've never gone and used them because I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to be at the the video poker bar. And uh, if you're there at it was night nice. on a weekend, I night, it's it. packed.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was busy. It was hard for me to get a, a chair. I had to walk around for like five or ten minutes when I got there to try to get a chair. But then I got one, and then it actually opened up a bit, and... Eric got one, and then one of his 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 work buddies showed up, like I said, and and he got a chair as well. So it was good. Nice. Actually, yeah. there were only two machines. So uh, me and Eric played for a while, and then I I went back because I think I lost my hundred bucks or whatever I put in, and let Eric's buddy play for a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean that's on my list. V bar play some video poker at the V bar. Something that I've wanted to do and still haven't made it happen. So
0: you should you should do that before they change it before yeah. <laughs> the the M Life Borg changes at the MGM.
1: Yeah. Which MGM has what zero Not Full pay video poker in Vegas Right. So I can't so, imagine We're going to be long for full pay video poker With comp yeah. drinks at the B-Bar
0: Anyway yeah Eric wanted to go to A, uh, a CET property Because you know he had a uh, Multiplier that he wanted To scan his card and check out So he drove back To Caesars I drove back to resorts And then walked down to Caesars And then we ended up just meeting there and we played uh piegow poker actually for I don't know probably a couple hours and uh, so I taught him how to play because he, had, he hadn't played before and it was a pretty good time uh, I have to say Eric's hands that he was getting were not very good but uh, uh, I think he he generally enjoyed the experience for what it was which is a you know Kind of a calm, relaxing game where you sit there and push a lot and get drinks and and have a good time. And then uh, at around eleven o'clock, Ken showed up. Uh, he got he got in from for his flight coming in, so but up with him. He played he played some uh, Pai gao with us for a bit, and then we played craps for like an hour, which I do not think went particularly well. I think that the uh, the phrase of the day was was we were talking about whatever, how we were losing money. And I'm like, it's not losing money. It's becoming unencumbered, unencumbered by material things. And you should, <laughs> you should be happy about that. So we were, we were more unencumbered when we left, uh, that night than, than when we got there. So, yeah,
1: well, craps has been a very freeing experience for me lately then. Yes. Yes. So I actually have some comments about craps,
0: but i uh, we'll, we'll talk about that after, after we get through the trip report. So anyway, uh, Whatever, I I walked home to resorts after that. Uh, Got up Saturday morning and... uh, Friday morning. Or Friday morning, reached out to Ken, Eric, and Paul, your brother, and uh, saw if anyone wanted to go to Gilchrist, which is something I said that I was going to do. And uh, so reached out to them. I think Ken and Eric said no, but uh, Paul said he wanted to go. So I ended up walking up there from resorts just because it's something I hadn't done. You know, I wanted to see what that was like because I think it's uh, a nicer part of Atlantic City is is the Inlet area. I know up on like Maine is where some of like the multi million dollar houses in Atlantic City are. So I ended up walking walking up there through Gardner's Basin, and I, I have to say it was a very nice walk. Honestly, I mean it was, you know, down near Revel again. Of course, it's just blighted and empty. But it's not, you know, dangerous or anything. It's just there's nothing there. Like, it's just empty land. Uh, so we walked up to Gilchrist and me and Paul got breakfast there, which was good. It was super cheap. And just kind of everything we were looking for, I think, made me feel better because I had uh, a hangover. So then I, I walked back and and then I ended up leaving again. And I went to the Epsican Light, Lighthouse, which is something I hadn't done before and I figured I should do. So climbed to the top of that, got the history lesson from the guy at the top, and walked around, took some pictures, which was it was a nice thing to do. I think if you're there with, uh, you know, kids who aren't too small to complain about going up 250 steps or whatever it is, it, you know, it's a cool thing to do. It was not purely expensive; It was like six or seven dollars, but it was just a, a nice way to waste time. It's it's something to do. I think if you're like you know really hurting at the tables and and don't want to play and, and need something to do for a day. So,
1: they recommend it. It's cool. Uh, the property's nice. How long did you spend? How long would you say you should allot if you're going to do the lighthouse? Mm, actually, in the lighthouse
0: building probably like half hour, 45 minutes, but for me, you know, I walk there cuz it's it's quite close to Revel. I mean, it's like yeah, it's not far from Revel at all, which isn't far at all from resorts right uh so it was probably like an hour a little bit more for me total round trip to get out there and back something else i i have to mention because i've been talking about walking north on the boardwalk a lot to to get to all these places i went thursday and friday morning is it is super depressing because you leave resorts you start walking up and you go by the closed taj mahal and then you keep walking and you go by the closed showboat and then you keep walking and you go by the closed revel and it's no, the show, super showboat sad. is not closed Kind of. Yeah, that's true. I <laughs> also, the... I, I I ended up taking a picture. If you follow us on Twitter, I took a picture of like the ratty signs on the side of Showboat that are for like you know the CET stuff that was going on there, and like they're like all torn AC up, mode. and it looks awful. And just it the Showboat right now looks
1: like it's the worst place
0: in all of Atlantic City. And
1: but saying something, uh, it looks terrible. It looks worse than the Trump Plaza.
0: Well the worst place to like stay or the worst open place, the worst open rooms. place in Atlantic city. This <laughs> is like depressing looking. Like I saw some people came out cause you know, the hotel is open and they just look sad about all of their life choices that got them to that point.
1: <laughs> well, they did. I think they did slash their weekend rates. So, you know, it is a cheap ish option for the weekend, but I think right. if you have players club cards, uh, it's probably not that hard to avoid it. <laughs> right. Uh, can- I mean, especially, you know, places like, like,
0: like trop and resorts are, are pretty generous with comps, I think. So, well, so anyway, I think if, if you want to take over from here and the next thing I did was I, I met up with you. So if you want to talk about your trip in.
1: Sure. So I, uh, hearkened back to being 25 or 26 years old when I was regularly taking the Greyhound down from the Port Authority bus terminal in Manhattan. Uh, Because my wife needed the car to go to work. So on Friday morning, I uh, dropped my kid off at daycare, went straight into the city, hopped on the bus, which was very straightforward. Uh, So having done this bus many times, both peak season and not peak season, I remember having to get there like at least a half an hour ahead of time to be fairly confident that you were going to get a seat. But I got down to the gate maybe twenty minutes ahead of time and I was like the seventh or eighth person in line, which was kind of sad. And then like the bus was probably fifty five percent full. So for a ten AM Friday bus, like that's that's not great. I mean, I certainly took some seven AM Friday buses to Trump Plaza back when it was still open that were way, way, way more empty than this. So <laughs> that's not uh that's not to say that you know, this is the emptiest bus I've ever ridden on to Atlantic City, but certainly a little bit surprising to see the bus so empty going into a weekend. But I would actually say Atlantic City, at least Caesars and and Bally's, felt kind of empty in general on on Friday and even into Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, something something else. I I think
0: the Thursday night, especially while we were at Caesars, I don't know if I've ever seen Caesars that empty. I mean, it was deserted
1: yeah i mean it was kind of even friday i thought felt pretty dead um you know i got there midday friday yeah and it was pretty dead so so then at that point i think we were like what waiting for waiting for the car of andy dave and taylor to get here yeah and so we
0: ended what did up we do Do we just play uh oh we went and played danger arena then right
1: Oh yeah, I can't remember if that's what we did right off the bat or what. We'll certainly I, have a lot to say about Danger Arena.
0: <laughs> I I believe it is. Do we do we want to get into that now or do we want to save that for for at the end?
1: Uh, we can wait a minute. Let's. So Let's, we we did go get yeah. lunch at you know you and Paul went and got lunch at Suzai Sushi Place. Yeah. Uh, in the playground, which we always have pretty good luck there. I think. Um, I enjoyed it. I know Paul said his wasn't great. But. Yeah, he's a big sushi uh, snob, so that's not too surprising. I'm not. I'm the opposite of a sushi snob, uh, and then I got like you know some some kind of shrimp tempura roll. I thought mm-hmm. it was delicious. I feel like every time I go to Suzy, I'm I'm totally happy with it, and it's yep. in the pier shops overlooking the water. I feel like it's a good way to start a trip. That's nice. Uh, yeah, I liked it Get a lot. I thought it was pier good. shops
0: overlooking the rainforest
1: cafe. Yeah, it's just it's exactly what I want. Um, yeah, I
0: got spicy tuna and spicy salmon rolls. Paul actually got sushi. So, but uh yeah, my mine's always good. I I love sushi, but I'm I'm not a big snob. I'm honestly not a big snob about any food. So, I always think it's it's great.
1: So, we ate lunch and then wandered over to resorts, right? And that was when I stupidly got my 20 free my 20 slot play at resorts played that and literally did not put a dollar into a machine <laughs> and then left resorts so that, I I that, didn't know you did that that is good job it's yeah, like so you listened to absolutely nothing that eric has ever told you right so that may be the end of of me and resorts comps we'll see <laughs> probably not the, the best idea uh i i didn't know that you did that yeah. that's pretty funny i mean i don't care too much about the resorts comps but I mean, I can't imagine that I would ever stay there at a time when you were not also going. But, yeah, that was not smart. And certainly if I had it to do over again, I would have skipped the $20 (laughs) credit. Uh, You know, it didn't even play like Royal Derby or anything. I think I went and got a Dunkin' Donuts coffee, played my $20 slot play in a nickel stupid machine. Yeah.
0: I didn't know where you guys went when we were at, we were at resorts and that was before we went to dinner. Yeah. Like you and Paul disappeared like the whole time we were there. I yeah. I don't know what you were doing. We were
1: just, yeah, we went and got coffee and just then went to talking. Yeah. So then we were like trying to figure out what to do for dinner. Cause we were meeting up obviously for the meetup at seven 30 and we wanted to eat before that. So we were kind of on a little bit of a time crunch and decided to head back towards the Bally's Caesars wild, wild west complex with some contention, I think, over where to eat. Uh, I will say that there was a majority decision for what we ended up with, as much blame as uh, I took <laughs> for where we ended up. But we did go to Gordon Ramsay Pub and Grill, which is uh, obviously the Gordon Ramsay restaurant that is in the lobby at Caesars. It, if you've heard anything about it, the one in Vegas gets pretty... Uh, I wouldn't even say mixed. It gets fairly negative reviews, um, especially, I think, given the expectations of Gordon Ramsey. The one at Caesars gets, like, okay reviews, but not great. I think it's been getting somewhat better reviews lately, but I would say our group was less than impressed.
0: Yeah, so there was actually a bunch of conversation today in the Facebook group about Gordon Ramsay and some people seem to think that the beef Wellington was very good, which I believe is what your brother got, correct?
1: It is. And he thought it was pretty good. I don't think he was blown away, but he thought it was, you know, a solid meal. Well,
0: him and Eric might need to get into some fisticuffs about it because apparently Eric is super high on the beef Wellington there. But anyway, I ended up getting uh, salmon, which was like pretty mediocre, honestly. It was fine, but it was like $35. And I feel like it was no better than the salmon I could get for $20 at a not Gordon Ramsay restaurant and a side of mushrooms, which were actually very good. But they were, you know, it's $11 or $12 side. So I didn't think it was great. And I think me and Paul are the only people there who actually got dinners. Everyone else got like sandwiches and stuff, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I'll say, you know, in in defense, I don't think Eric and Paul probably have to get into fisticuffs because Eric did say that the beef Wellington in Vegas was like one of the best meals he's ever had in his life. And the, the one in Atlantic city was only like an eight out of 10, not a mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. So they, they're probably on, on the same page, uh, or they are mm-hmm. about, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think Dave got some sort of Reuben without uh, the sauerkraut, without the sauerkraut. An uh, <laughs> Andy <laughs> and Taylor both got the, I don't remember if it was called the Gordon Ramsey burger. It came with like some sort of fried lobster cake on top of it. Mm -hmm. which I think Andy liked and Taylor was not feeling. (laughs) And then I decided to get two appetizers, if only because there were a couple things I wanted to try and I didn't want to just get a burger. So I got sliders to, you know, sort of get the burger option. And then I got these, like, I forget they're called honey molasses wings or something like that. The sliders were perfectly good. I thought they were very good, like sliders, although, not necessarily anything to write home about. The wings were not good. I mean they, they were, were bad. I I ate a wing and it was bad. It was very, very like sweet and honey y and not very much of anything else. And I've had, you know, like chiliaki kind of style wings or teriyaki style wings that go for that sweet dynamic in a much, much better way than those did. Uh, so that was pretty disappointing. I mean, they had some like jalapenos on them, but they're just there wasn't a lot of flavor there, besides just like sweet, sweet, sticky something. Um, so that wasn't that wasn't the best. I mean, I wasn't necessarily totally disappointed that we went because I wanted to try it. I, I don't know if you wholeheartedly disagree with <laughs> with that assessment, but well, you know, it, was, it is something it that was, I try.
0: you you and Andy were the two people who really wanted to go. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we wanted to try it, and then, you know, we discussed the possibility, yeah. possibility of uh, calling we, an we Audible talked, and going to Harry's.
0: We talked about Harry's, and we talked about Boudacon.
1: Yeah, and I think, at the end of the day, people were fine just with... There was no, like, consensus anywhere, and people were fine just sticking yeah, yeah. with the original plan.
0: There were people that vetoed both of those options, and no one said no outright to Gordon Ramsay.
1: Yeah, whereas me and Andy said, like, yes, I want to go to Gordon Ramsay, and... Yes. So maybe we failed you. I don't know. I'm sure you guys will never go again. I I can't. I imagine, will never go again. That's I can't really imagine true. that I would end up there again. Like maybe, maybe like lunch on a Saturday, sit at the bar. But I even then, unless there's like a cheaper lunch menu, I can't really yeah. imagine it. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. And I know that, so like someone like Paul is like
0: obviously a huge food snob. I mean, food snob might be the wrong word, but
1: he's like a huge foodie, right? He likes he likes a fine meal.
0: Yeah, just for me, it's like if I'm paying fifty dollars for like a piece of salmon on a side, like it better be absolutely like the best thing I've eaten because like I can get that meal for twenty dollars or twenty five dollars at somewhere like carries and it's going to be perfectly good, which is all I would say that that my meal at Gordon Ramsay was. So I'm paying twice as much and, and I don't I don't know. Just yeah. like any any place that like if you get a dinner, it's like all à la carte. Like you better blow me away.
1: Yeah, and there was there was there there was a sandwich sort of menu that we talked about, and I don't think right. the, everyone the else sandwich got, prices got, were got exorbitant. Sandwiches. You know, well like... no,
0: the sandwich prices were reasonable, but I figured I was at a Gordon Ramsay, right? I may as well actually get a dinner. Well, and, you yeah, know, but... whatever, I'll pony up the fifty bucks and it's fine. If you're not like. Expecting something like super special when you're going in to to a place with the price point that this has, which is honestly not even that high. You know, I, I think you might like it fine. It my my meal was fine, honestly. Like I said, the salmon was okay. My side of mushrooms was
1: was actually very good. So um, I'll say this: the the thing about the the meal that disappointed me the most, besides you guys complaining about the whole thing, was that Gordon Ramsay at Caesars did a very, very good job of, of using the space and making something cool. And then yeah, we no, got stuck way, way, way in the corner, like where you feel like you're just sitting in the middle of the hallway between the lobby and the upstairs yeah. casino floor. Like I would have much, much rather been on the other side closer to like the lobby check-in side, mm-hmm. which I think looks way, way, way yeah. cooler. Whereas we, we were like just scaring right like, at the gift shop, right? Yeah. We were right by Forum Essentials and a time for wine and it was not I think the best table in the house I would have to say. So I was a little disappointed. Look, if you're going to spend
0: like something at this price point, like I said, I mean like, why wouldn't you just go to, to docks, which is like similar price point, like a hundred times better, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you've got to like, leave the, the service casino. is a hundred
0: times better. The food is a hundred times better. It's just like everything about it is better.
1: After Gordon Ramsay pub and grill, we went down to the wild, wild west to the mountain bar and went to meet with all of you fine people at the mountain bar uh i think we tried to figure it out today because we're we're bad event planners and didn't actually get a count but i think we had 18 people there uh which is very impressive right exactly twice what we had the first time way 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 over the over under so i won the bet you won the bet yeah uh, gave me five bucks. Yeah, you gave me five dollars instead $5 of five dollars American. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, so, to meet up, uh, it was very awesome meeting everybody. Uh, we played some beer pong like we did last time. I think uh, everybody had a chance to <laughs> talk to various people about Atlantic City stuff before we headed to Caesars to play some, uh, some craps. I, I did not. I played three games of beer pong instead of talking to anyone. Yeah, I have to say, and then I was wasted. So. I I played one game of beer pong that took about the amount of time the three games of beer pong. That's true. Your game in the corner was taking forever. Yeah, we were not good. Uh, yeah. So I'd have so, to say yeah. for the next meetup, I'm out on beer pong. Even if beer pong is there, I'm not going to play because I want to actually talk to people. So like that, I felt bad because people were there that I didn't, that I said like two words to because I played this like marathon game of beer pong. So I got to say thanks to Eric for Uh, getting, of uh, course,
0: hooking us up with all of the booze at the meetup.
1: Yeah. He, uh, got his host or somebody to put some comp dollars down there at the, the mountain bar and kept the beer flowing and kept our, uh, little plastic cups stocked full of beer during beer pong. So that was pretty awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we headed to Caesars and played some craps. Uh, A lot of the group split off at that point, I think. Yeah, Um, I
0: I didn't. I think I was maybe even still playing beer pong or something something when you guys all went to Caesars. I don't know. I was not part of that group that went because my last two games of beer pong were with uh, Denny and Keith and and Jen, uh, Keith's wife. So. I ended up just just staying with them in Wild Wild West and playing at the five dollar craps table there for for quite a while. Oh, which went yeah, poorly. so that's
1: that's actually what happened. Is so I think a a few people split off and started at the five dollar craps table, and there was just no room there at all. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we went over to Caesar's yeah. and found a ten dollar craps table, right? Which so, also
0: went poorly. Until
1: so my my so what
0: happened with me was that I was at the five dollar table for a while. It went it went poorly. And then I walked over to your guys' table at Caesars, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, Ed just got finished with an hour
1: roll. We're all just rolling in cash." And I'm like, "God damn it!" <laughs> so I actually, I, me and Paul like grouped our money together and bought in for a couple hundred bucks, and uh-huh. and it was like five shooters in a row making no points, and so uh-huh. we were out. But then you know, like Neil, I think Eric and Ed and Michael Kay, who was not playing before that, but then came back down from the room, uh, hopped onto the table. I think maybe even in the spot that I was playing in, I was tapped out, so it wasn't. I wasn't gonna put more money in. But then Ed rolled and just went insane. I think he made, I forget, something like nine points of uh, four unique or something like that. So uh, lots of payout. Everybody did very, very well on his rolls. And uh, so certainly props to Ed for, for a monster roll. I wish I could have taken advantage, but at least a couple of the people in the meetup uh, made some quick bucks on some craps. I feel like I'm, I'm, due, I'm due for a win, Kyle, on craps. Mm-hmm. I've been losing and losing and losing on craps. I feel like I can't even remember what it's like to win. So l- but- let's just finish up the, the Saturday talk and then let's
0: talk a little bit about craps because so anyway I came over everyone's like oh we did so amazing and then I, I I went to meet up with you guys and then you guys all went to play video book or whatever I think everyone else was like cashing out after Ezra like oh, whatever guys so I went back to Wild, Wild West and I played more craps with uh with with Keith and Denny and Jen and I think or Keith yeah, Denny and Jen, and then Ken showed up as well and and played a bit with us, which went incredibly poorly again. I'm sure that in the time I was gone and after I left, it probably was great all over again. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just how it goes. Uh, as long as somebody won, which we don't yeah, know anybody won. I'm it sure us, I'm
0: so. sure that that some someone always wins, whether it's it's me or the house. Some, someone always wins. But so, uh, so basically, craps the the way. So I've been thinking about it a little bit because I'm like, I had another like pretty bad craps trip. It was not as bad as the last trip we went down, which was, I mean, that craps trip was just like standard deviations away in terms of awfulness. I mean, that wasn't due to my betting or anything like that. It was just, I mean, like no one was getting points. No one, I don't think anyone, the last trip we went on before this trip, I don't think anyone that was ever at a table I was at rolled two points in their roll. Yeah, we were just getting crushed. It was so bad. So this time, I mean, people were doing okay. I think people were having average rolls, but but I thought about it a bit, and I realized that what I'm doing is what you were talking about, what you were doing in Blackjack, it's, is that I'm skewing my results so that I'm going to have a lot of losing sessions, I think, but then if I have a winning session, it's going to be a big winning session, just because I, I tend to, you know, whatever. I play the pass. I usually put three, four, five odds normally on the on the pass, even though it's five times are allowed in Atlantic city. I still do three, four, five just cause it's lowers variance a little bit. Then I usually place the six and the eight and I'll press them a couple times and I'll occasionally make a come line and put like a little bit of odds on that. But that's about it. But I, I think that just the fact that I'm pressing the six and the eight, it just makes it so that I'm a bit more likely to not win like a little bit of money. It's either I'm going to lose like whatever my initial bet is or end up winning like a pretty significant amount of money. And it just means that I'm going to have more losing sessions than winning sessions though. Hopefully if, and when a winning session comes, I'll make up for
1: it. So no plans to alter strategies to stick with that until you get the big win.
0: No, I don't think I'm changing my strategy. I mean, stick with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're fine with the, the losing sessions, then eventually you're going to have the winner, right? the whole idea
0: eventually and it's not even that that you know i lost like on a couple of my crap sessions i I did fine i ended up breaking even or maybe winning a hundred dollars but it was just again at like some point during this trip i realized like i'm up i think again in like everything i've done except for play craps
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm like why does this always happen to me and i'm Uh, like way down on the trip overall that sucks uh so after all the craps I went and played video poker. Andy and I sat there playing full pay video poker at Caesars, which is the machines are right by the, uh, where the cocktail waitresses come out of. Mm-hmm. So we were just using that, um, on machine ordering system. And the first time we ordered a drink within 30 seconds, it said your drink is on its way. And we got the drink within two minutes. Don't and so it me, Craig. was and, it a strawberry daiquiri whipped cream? Uh, I think I can't remember what I got that time. I definitely ordered a pina colada at some point with whipped cream and Paul made much fun of me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we got like a Singapore sling. We did some various (laughs) stuff. I mean, you gotta try some (laughs) random stuff, right? Like slow gin fizz. Um, so once that happened, we realized we can't let this go to waste and just started ordering drinks. As soon as we, like we would finish a drink in 10 minutes and then order another one. And, the thing that enabled this even further is that we both sat there and put in twenty bucks or I don't know if you put in more than that, but neither of us were ever in any danger of running out of our money on I mean it's twenty five cent nine six jacks or better, so a dollar twenty five a spin. And I think I got down to like fifteen dollars once and and otherwise we were just sort of like up in the sort of forty to fifty dollar range, maybe down to twenty once. And so we were just like playing I think we played for like an hour and a half. Never really in any danger. Getting a lot of cocktails for free. Late in the session, when I was starting to lose focus on the cards, even. And I don't know if this is before, or after you came over and started hitting cash out every every five seconds on my machine.
0: Oh yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> Which I, remember I that now I oh, did not... David and
1: Taylor were playing poker at this time, right? Oh yeah, they did go play poker at Wild mm-hmm. West. So they came. They had gotten back by that point. But you cashing me out was after I hit a straight flush. And so at that point, I was up $100. (laughs) And so I was just continuing playing for drinks and and tier credits, you know, which tier credits incredibly slow. I think in the entire session, I got like 25 tier credits because it's $50 per per tier credit. So uh, that was kind of just – I think I got as many tier credits in like 20 minutes of playing Buffalo Penny Slots as I did in like an hour and a half of playing – dollar 25 a spin dollar 25 a hand video poker but fun time always good to to hit a straight flush i probably would have been more excited if i was not you know five cocktails deep at that point but uh hey good time good to get a hundred cut get a hundred bucks back from the the deficit that i was at at that point in the trip and so i went to bed i think only forty dollars down And I woke up the next day and I looked and I was like looking in my wallet and counting the money. And I was like, am I really only $40 down? Like, how is this possible? But yeah, (laughs) I was. I don't know if you pushed your luck even more at resorts on Friday night after you headed back. Uh, No. Well, I pushed my luck at Wild Wild West. Because after I left you guys, I went back to the crap stable at Wild Wild West. Uh, So when you said you were going back to resorts, you actually hit... The yeah, table again. Yeah, and that's when I saw saw Keith and Denny and Jen were mm.
0: were still there, and Ken Ken came over a little later.
1: Ah, so I, so I did that for another little while. So so then Saturday you woke up oh, and we did we did not see you. You woke up feeling I was feeling awful. <laughs> so yeah, I went down to Dunkin' Donuts. I got like a
0: an iced tea and a breakfast sandwich. And like I think I took like four bites of my breakfast sandwich back in my room. And I'm like, oh man, this is bad. <laughs> uh
1: we've had those mornings oh that's bad this bad man i need uh, to stop doing that so I, I feel like i say that every trip and then it's like i don't get here that often i might as well live it up i know uh although i was better this trip than last trip i have to say like i felt much better on post meet up this trip uh-huh. than last trip uh so did you play at all or did you just kind of head out yeah saturday morning i i got up i kind of like Didn't do a whole lot for
0: a few hours. And anyway, time came that I I had to check out 11 a.m. I mean, I could have called down and tried to get a late checkout. They probably would have let me. But uh, anyway, I'm like, all right, time to get moving. I need to start my life again, basically. (laughs) Not just lay in this room like a dead person for the rest of the day. So I went and checked out and put my stuff in my in my car and then I just kind of like stumbled out to the boardwalk and they have those like seats on the boardwalk and I like kind of like passed out in one for like 20 minutes I think. But it felt good. It was like kind of chilly out on the boardwalk and like a nice breeze and it helped me feel a lot better, I think. So then I went back into resorts and I got my my match play for Saturday and and I played for craps for another hour and a half or, or something like that. And I felt much better by the end of that. So how did that, then tr- I went how, did,
1: how did that crap session
0: go poorly? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, we're sensing a trend here. Yeah. Uh, so
0: so th- I, I do have to say none of my crap sessions were really like that awful. It's just like every single one I played, like I think I lost my, my, my $200 buy-in
1: or whatever. So, Uh. so now that you're on the road home in our mm-hmm. chronology here, quick, Quick thoughts on resorts? Are you is, are you looking uh, for more resorts rooms in the future, or how do you feel after I'm, spending I'm, two nights? So seasons? first, I played a, a decent bit there this trip.
0: I still really like the casino there. It's one of my favorite actual casinos to be in, which is a strange thing to say considering it's resorts and there's like places like Borgata and Caesars in Atlantic City. But there's just something about it resorts I enjoy. I mean, I think I really enjoy like whatever the low roller casino in Atlantic city is at the time is like a casino. I'm sort of gravitate to for some reason, even even though I'm not really like a super low roller anymore. It's just like, you know, I always loved the Hilton or ACH or Atlantic club or whatever it was called. And, you know, I always loved the, the showboat, which I think was kind of like the low roller Caesars casino. And I don't know, there's just something about resorts. I, I, I enjoy the casino. And I think like, honestly, like the drink service, I think is is pretty good. Um, unlike, like for example, Wild Wild West, I don't know if I got like any drinks there at all <laughs> the entire time I was playing craps because the drink service is not good there. And then, like I said, my room was actually very nice. So I enjoyed my resorts experience, and I'm interested to see what offers I get in my next uh, mailer that comes out since resorts is kind of you know 10 or 15 years behind everyone else in terms of IT. You can't really like see live offers or anything like that. It's just... You get to find out what happens when the, at the time you get your next mailer. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, Tr- I, w-
1: I would go back. Trop is also pretty slow in updating. Like, it takes a couple weeks for your Yeah, Trop's IP to... is also, like, not great. So we, when you were, you know, struggling in the morning, <laughs> uh, the rest of our group went to Borgata, did bread and butter, and had our delicious sandwiches, and then, I think, played a little bit of... Video Poker, Taylor and I played craps and I think I don't know if just Dave or Dave and Andy pitched in and all group gambled with Taylor. I bought in with my own money. It was just the two of us at the table and uh for one thing, one thing that I'll mention very quickly and I'm not the only person who pointed this out is that Borgata's craps tables are the bounciest tables I've ever seen in my life. So even low rolls that seemingly are totally normal and would just bounce off the low edge, like the corner of the end, would bounce up and just fly over into the pit, which is really annoying. So it's like really hard to control the dice in a way that they don't bounce off the table which you would think they would correct. And even one of the the dealers was like, yeah, we have the bounciest tables. It's really annoying. So that was kind of weird. Shooting with just the two of us, that's not my ideal craps experience, (laughs) you know, with only two shooters. But uh, I think Taylor made one point or maybe two. uh, And then otherwise, I think we each rolled twice and it was a lot of crapping out. So uh, we each left down, I don't know, maybe 80 bucks or something. So, not horrible. We only played for like 15 minutes. So, uh, <laughs> before they r- ran out. So, it's hard to really, you know, judge. And I, w- I didn't want to, s- I was staying. So, everybody else left. And that was sort of, once that was done, that was my, the start of my alone time on the trip. And, uh, so I didn't continue playing. And I expected to stay longer at Borgata. Like, I expected to spend a lot of the day at Borgata, but then, You know, I'd played some video poker. I'd played some craps. I didn't really feel ready for lunch or anything. I was thinking I'd maybe get lunch there. And then I was just kind of like, I'll head back to the boardwalk and see if any of the group uh, that was at the meetup is at Caesars. And so again, like I probably shouldn't have played with my card at Borgata because I didn't, I I think I earned zero comp comp dollars on this trip. (laughs) And so you know, I played like 15 minutes of craps. I played maybe half an hour of video poker and then I left. And so, again, like I'm hurting my average daily theoretical. It looks bad. I have seen instant punishment in my uh, in my comps at, at Borgata. I was getting many, many weeknights comped. I am getting zero weeknights comped now. So I'm back to like the $59 weeknights that I was getting before my last trip. So that is very disappointing. And so... Now we are on two casinos that I have screwed up my comps with <laughs> in in this one trip. Uh Eric will be very disappointed. Uh but I went back to the boardwalk. Texted Eric to see if anybody was around. He said they were all at Bally's high limit, but we're heading over to Caesars, so I went down and met them and actually played more Pai Gow Poker with Eric. Uh and I think I ended up playing Pai Gow Poker for maybe an hour and a half or 2 hours with Eric. Uh Ideal gal poker session. I was never up or down more than three bets <laughs> in the entire time. I finished up 10 bucks. Um, so I'll take that for for uh, for a positive drink service very very good in Caesar's uh, Asian room so that was cool. yeah it is it's fantastic in the Caesars Asian room. Um, Neil came by and played for about 15 minutes. he He didn't he hadn't played or didn't know how to play. Um so we were kind of showing him the ropes and after maybe 3 hands he was like this is <laughs> this game's way too slow I'm going to go find a craps table. <laughs> uh-huh. So so he was gone. And so after those 2 hours I think they all left. Um Eric and uh, and his buddy from work both left. And I decided at that point that I was going to head to Trop. So that was like, you know, 3:34 o'clock. I decided, you know, I wanted to do a bunch of stuff at drop. I wanted to play shack jack. Uh so I walked over to Trop. And had a great time at TROP, I have to say. So uh, actually, the first thing I did was played Royal Derby. And I played Royal Derby for like a little over an hour and, and sat there. And I think I won 39 cents. I played for, I played for 40 minutes and I won 39 cents. I, I tweeted that because it was, it was stupid. And in that time, I earned, like, 80-some-odd tier credits because Royal Derby at the Tropicana, at the risk of making them go change this—I don't think anybody at Tropicana is listening to this—it is $1 per tier credit. Uh, So I actually noticed this when I was there in July with my wife, is that we played for literally, like, three minutes, and I earned seven tier credits. And I was like, that seems weird. I mean, we played, like, three races, and I probably put through seven bucks— And so I was even saying to Eric, like, I'm going to go check it and see if it really is a dollar a tier credit. And it was. So I earned about 400 tier credits on this trip. And I think 200 some odd were at Royal Derby just playing random horse bets that were pretty low risk. So my second session, I think I lost maybe 20 bucks or 40 bucks uh, over a long period of time and got 100 some odd tier credits. So I enjoyed it. I mean, it was fun. The drink service wasn't terrible uh, at at Royal Derby, which I was kind of expecting to not be able to get a drink. Playing $1 per race when a race takes like over a minute, <laughs> you know, it's it's a pretty slow burn. But uh, enjoyed that. One thing I have to say about Tropicana is I just really, really enjoyed the atmosphere. And I know that you could not disagree with me more on this. <laughs> I, I think the atmosphere is terrible, Drop. So every time I go, they've updated stuff. They're in the process of actually updating a big section over by where the, um, the reward center is. So like just off that, like Palm court area, they've, they're ripping out a bunch of stuff and and redoing it. They've got a bunch of new machines that are from Taj Mahal. So they finally like phased out some of the older machines. The video poker machines are still old as dirt, which I'll admit is annoying. Uh, and the drink service in the video poker area is non-existent. Like, I, awful. I did not see a server, like, not even see a server at any point. I, pl- I think I played video poker for maybe half an hour, 45 minutes. I didn't see a server at any point. Um, and, and I think this is, like, one of our big differences
0: is I'm, like, way, way, way more of a table game player. And you're, like, much more of a slot and video poker player. But, like, at tables, like, I think their drink service is also, like, completely terrible.
1: Yes, the drink service is and, and, like, ta- all they're felt is, like
0: uniformly like you know years old with like you know hundreds of like cigarette burn holes in it and stuff
1: i don't know i just think it's like not nice so from afar i I love the way the casino floor looks like the i mean it used to be really sort of like drab white walls and like they tried to throw a palm tree in there to make it look nice now that they've sort of ripped out part of the casino floor and put in chickies and peats, they've put some sort of like hanging decoration. They've dimmed the lights. They've done a lot to make it look much much nicer at Tropicana. I like the casino floor. If you're there on a weekend night, it is almost impossible to find a game with reasonable minimums because the like few tables that they have open are totally packed. There just aren't enough tables for the amount of people in the place. Uh, You know, there are a ton of machines. There are just a ton of machines, video poker and everything else. The video poker selection sucks, too. Like, it's all, you know, eight, five jacks are better. It's the best that they have. There's no full pay. I mean, I don't really care. that in the, much. In the high limit room, there is full pay because I played that right. for like an hour or less a couple uh, times ago when we were there. And that's why I ended up getting gold and all the stuff. Yeah, and they did redo the the high-limit room, and it's much nicer than where you were playing. <laughs> so that's another thing they were redoing. But they've just, like, redone. Every time I go, they've redone something, and I'm I'm always like, the vibe is great. I, I think it looks nice. I agree that if you're a table game player, it's probably not the best place. I mean, Caesars, I think, is just on the boardwalk, unmatched for variety and everything. Um, but I mean, there are three casinos on the boardwalk, that's, right? That's a good point. So you see the Caesars Complex... <laughs> Yeah, well... crop and resorts. Right. Yeah, four if you include Bally's and Caesars is separate. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I had a great time. I ended up at TROP for six hours. So after I played uh, Royal Derby for a while, I went and got dinner at Chickie's and Pete's, went and sat at the bar. Mm -hmm. It was pretty crowded. A lot of people watching football, college football, on Saturday night. I got a pizza, cheese steak, and some crab fries. It was delicious. I got a couple craft, like New Jersey craft beers, which... Um, they have a pretty good beer selection there, which was cool. I ate maybe 15% of my crab fries cause what they bring you in a thing of crab fries is insane. Totally reasonably priced. I think it was like 35 bucks with tax and tip. So you can't really beat that. And then, uh, so I was very happy with that experience. I hung out there for a little bit and just kind of sat there like watching football and, and it was cool to see very cool atmosphere. I liked it a lot. And then I went and found Jack Jack which I was excited about. It took me a little while to find it. Um and it is actually like behind the poker room. Mhm. And like near the entrance to Boogie Nights. So it's so the poker room, if you walk into the poker room, you can walk through and there's that's the hallway where Boogie Nights is. Yep. But you can walk into the poker room and go left and there's actually another pit there. That I think mm-hmm. was used to be part of the poker room. But now it's like a pit that there are no active tables at. And then Shack Jack. So th- here's what I will say about the area where Shack Jack is. It is very bright. Like unnecessarily bright. I mean if you know what their poker room is like. It's like that. But if you cleared out all the poker tables. <laughs> uh, it's right by the server where the bar where the servers go to get drinks to bring to the poker room, which I feel like has to be awful for the servers because you've got all these people playing $5 Shack Jack who see you every 30 seconds and are like, hey, hey, hey can I get a drink? Can I get a drink? So, like, yeah, the drink service is super fast by very, very annoyed waitresses because they, you know, are getting drinks for all these, these people who are, I don't know, probably not tipping the best and – can bother you when you're off trying to get drinks for other parts of the casino, uh, and the other thing that the most was the most baffling to me is that they have this live dealer there. The video is on them. They have a microphone. There were five shackjack terminals, so there were less, so less people could play than would be able to play at a standard blackjack table. So Brilliant. I, I, so I I don't understand what the casino's getting out of this at all. All right, because they're paying the dealer presumably the same amount. It's five dollar blackjack. They've only got five terminals. It's right by the cocktail service, so all these people are getting free drinks. I mean, there was a group of guys who were like looked like they were in their early twenties, and like two of them were at machines, and three of them were just sort of like standing around watching, and they the other three guys were all getting drinks and and not paying. So like, I don't I don't really see what the casino's getting out of it unless they are. Testing for a wider rollout, which is entirely possible. Uh, I feel bad because there's a button in the game. So you're not playing with chips. We talked about Shack Jack a couple episodes ago. It's a totally terminal-based, but you see video of your hand as they deal. Um, I, did, I did explain it slightly wrong um, in that I was saying that they deal the community cards and whether you've said hit or stand decides whether that goes to you or the dealer. That's not true. They keep dealing community cards until everyone has either said stand or has busted. And then the dealer deals their own cards, which doesn't change the game that much. But, um, but it does mean if the dealer busts for one person, they bust for everybody. So like that you do get, Well, it
0: does technically change the game, right? I thought people were like doing this. So they weren't like nervous about like ruining it for everyone else. When in fact they can still ruin it for everyone else.
1: Oh, so here's one thing about that: is that if you have stand, if you say stand, or if you have busted, it stops showing you the community cards. <laughs> so you don't know if somebody. You don't even know if people are still hitting or not. So you don't know if somebody has screwed you over unless you're like in until the end, in which case, like, you're the one who's doing the screwing over. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't care. I think it's a stupid reason to not play blackjack. But right, yeah, I don't care at all. But. Um, I thought the game was actually really fun. Like, I thought it was very, very similar to playing real blackjack. If, if you are just, if the only thing keeping you from playing is that you don't like the human interaction element, <laughs> I think it's, it's the closest that you can possibly get to feeling like you're at a table without having to deal with chips and cards and everything. Um, so in that way, like, it did not feel like I was playing on my iPad, I have to say. So I, I was pretty happy about that. Um, there's a button on the game to tip the dealer. And at some point I, I had this thought that like playing digitally, nobody's fucking tipping the dealer. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Right. So at one point I was like, I wonder if I hit tip a dollar, if the dealer will say something over the microphone about it. Cause I haven't heard them say anything about it to this point. So I did it and tipped a and, dollar and the dealer was like, thank you very much player one or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of sad. This dealer just got their first dollar of tip in a half an hour of sitting here. <laughs> um, The other thing I'll say, so hopefully this is a smaller rollout. It would be much cooler in like a bigger room, like darker. Like when you look at the Sands, Pennsylvania um, stadium gaming area, it looks very cool. I mean it's not necessarily the thing that I want to do, but it looks like an exciting place to play. This could not look less like an exciting place to play. So I'll say that. The other thing, just I hope that they roll it out further. I was the oldest person there by far. So I'm 33, skews very young. That is a good thing for trust. That's
0: that's what they said for the reason that they had it, right? Like for millennials who don't usually play table games or whatever, right? uh,
1: So I think the other thing we need to talk about before we go is Danger Arena.
0: So, yeah, we played Danger Arena, which I think is the reason that probably at least some of you people are listening to this podcast and have gotten through the first hour and 20 minutes to, to get to this point to hear about how Danger Arena was. And it was absolutely horrible. <laughs> so uh, I think you are more of an expert on it than me, because I played two games, and I'm like, this is unspeakably awful, and then never played again. You played for a couple hours.
1: You won, though, in your two games.
0: Well, yeah. So the first game, I got a you know power-up, which is kind of like a random thing that happens, and you just get money, basically. So... Right. The first game, I I got a power up and I got money, and then my second game, I broke even because I killed six robots or however many you need, and then I'm like, this this game is just horrendous. And well, you should talk about about your your experience because you have a lot more than me. But yeah, so I do I, have overarching thoughts on
1: how it how it is. So I played 25 games on Friday, <laughs> or on yeah on Friday when I got there, um, and certainly left with horrible a horrible impression. I mean, I felt like. I I don't think I ever even won my money back. I think three or four times I won half my money back. And and what I'll say about the game is I walked up and I saw there are three, three of the little terminals. One of the terminals was running the demo, and the demo was all choppy. And I was like, this is a bad sign. <laughs> so I sat down at a different one that was not running all choppy, and What I noticed was it was very difficult. I mean, I'm not good at video games in the first place, but the controls were very difficult to kind of navigate. You would turn to look and it would kind of like jump very quickly to a different spot. So it was hard to get a feel for the controls. Uh, And the thing that was most frustrating to me in in those 25 games was... There were some games where you'd start and you'd walk around for 20 or 25 seconds and you would literally only see invincible robots. So, the idea of the game is that you have to shoot six, you have to kill six robots to get half your money back. I think you kill seven to get your full money back. And then, if you go over that, you start getting multipliers. Um, But there are these robots that are invincible that will shoot at you. And as you're getting shot, you can't be killed, but you can get slowed down significantly if you get shot a lot. And so you, you have to basically like incapacitate the invincible robots by shooting them a few times. So there are a few games where I played and like 20 seconds in, I would have only seen invincible robots who are now following me around and slowing you down. The thing that happened to me over and over and over again, though, is that you'd kill two or three quickly and then you'd see nothing but invincible robots. And then late in the game, there would be four or five robots on screen Some of them invincible, some of them not, but the processor for the game can't handle that many like moving objects with AI on the screen and it would get really like laggy and choppy. It would no longer be, I don't know if it was ever 60 frames per second, but it wouldn't be anything close to that. And so then like all of a sudden the controls are really almost impossible because you're trying to move around and shoot these robots to, you know, win money and the screen just, like, won't let the movements happen. I mean, I know I suck at video games, so maybe I'm not the best person to to explain this, but it's so freaking frustrating when all of a sudden the game just goes totally, totally choppy. So that was my experience on Friday, and and I talked to some people on Twitter and, and sort of shared these thoughts of, like, I'm, I'm just not even sure that it's worth it to learn to get really good at the game because I don't think the high-end payouts are that high. Like, I think at the end of the day... You are basically hoping for a power up, and whatever you get in terms of killing the robots is going to be like mostly losses over the long term. And like maybe every few games you can get like three times your money back or five times your money back, but most of the time you're going to be getting like none or half.
0: Yeah, I just want to say that I think that skill based gaming has a very bright future ahead of it. I just think that this iteration of it, both in like the design of the game and the execution, are horrendous. I mean, I think the game is super unfun, and not only that, it's like plagued with these technical difficulties, like Craig was talking about, like frame rate drops, and just uh, the controllers, like my controller that I was using, just pulled to the left always if you weren't touching it, which is just going to happen. I mean, it's just... It's not a good game. I mean, you shouldn't ever go out of your way to play it. But uh, I, I'm still very bullish on the future of these these kind of skill-based gaming slot machines. Um, and I think maybe for someone like you, Craig, who... I'd say, like, at your base, you're more of a slot player than a table game player. And I think that, you know, you've spent a lot of time on this trip playing either Danger Arena or... Royal Derby, right? Which are kind of like the new wave of pseudo slot machines. Right. So, I mean, and I think Jack, <laughs> which, I mean, is... Right, which is basically... Yeah, it's also a pseudo slot machine. So, I think that these kind of alternative... These, yeah, alternatives to s- traditional slot machines... Uh, I mean, I think the future is very bright for them, but, but Danger Arena is just not
1: good. So... It it fails as a video game and it fails as a slot machine. Right, and so that's one of the things that I said on Twitter was the hard battle that they're going to have to fight is having video game players think of it as a slot machine and having slot machine players think of it as a video game. It's a it's a very small world. It's not a very complex video game, and yet somehow the processor is not up to the task, which is baffling.
0: And and this is like it looks worse than like Halo One. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's like it's not even like. It's certainly not like Xbox 360 level graphics, let alone no. Xbox One or whatever. But I, so here's the weird. Oh, and I'll say out of the three machines, one of the controllers was busted and the thing debuted on Wednesday. So like I have real questions about whether it's going to physically hold up. Um, so now that I, we have shit on this thing completely, I went back on Saturday after I spent all this time at Tropicana and played for like another hour and played maybe f- 35 or 40 more games. So at this point, I've played like sixty or sixty-five games. I'm probably as far as sheer number of games. Five, like five one days after the the launch, I'm probably like in the top ten in in people who have played a number that just sheer number of games, not in terms of success because I had none of it. Uh, but I don't know if they like restarted the machines overnight or what, but they were running much smoother on Saturday night, um, and. Jeez. I was playing, which which is still inexcusable. Like, they should never lag. Like, it should never happen because the game is just not that big. Uh, ter- I mean, yeah, the graphics are terrible. I mean, there should never be any strain
0: on the, the, right. the processor or video card or whatever.
1: But it did play much smoother. It was much less frustrating. I mean, I still very – I got to a point where I was pretty consistently winning half my bet back, which, like, that's still not good. That's still $0.25 cents a game at, if you're playing $0.50. Cents. Um I got a power up which won me some money and basically just bought me a chance to play six more games or whatever because I think the power up was for 3 bucks. I did it did take me over an hour to burn through 20 bucks, so like for whatever that's worth. I mean and I I wasn't like why am I still playing this? I did Enjoy my time, which I'm almost reluctant to say because it's not a good game. <laughs> but but I did sort of enjoy it. Part of that was that it was Saturday night at Wild Wild West. They had a live band. It was very crowded. So I finally did get to see Wild Wild West in its element of what they were trying to do with the place, like the vision of the place with the Boardwalk Saloon, which they've built up much more. Uh, to see that place packed with a band, people at the Boardwalk Saloon getting drinks, it was very cool. And I would definitely, if I'm in that, if I'm staying in Caesars or Bally's on a Saturday night, I would go out of my way to go down and and hang out at the Boardwalk Saloon when there was a band there because that was pretty cool. Although it did create one annoying thing about Danger Arena that I did not expect, which is that when you're playing a game where there is a clock counting down on how long you can play the game... It is very annoying when a beer pong ball flies off from the beer pong area and someone drunkenly comes over and is like, hey, man, I need to get my beer pong ball. Can you get up for a second? Hey, can you get up? Can you get up for a second? Hey, man, can you get up? It's like, I've got 15 seconds to kill these robots, dude. Can you give me 15 seconds? Um, so that was a little bit of a nuisance, although that only happened a few times. Although people will ask you what what you're playing constantly. like People are very interested in it, so that's a good sign, I guess. Uh, but I won't say that I'll never play it again. Like, I will probably play it again, but... Uh, I will never play it again. (laughs) Um, I mean, just in terms of a really slow burn, I thought that was fine. I was very wired after I played it, which was weird. Like, I was like... Because I really wanted to get better at it more than I wanted to win money. I just wanted to, like, see some improvement, which I finally did. Um, I mean, I had one game where I killed 9, which, like, I think the max payouts if you kill 10... I get, the more I played it, though, the more I got the feeling that it's basically a slot it's machine. A, it's random, though, right? Yeah, it's so just, I th- it's totally random. <laughs> yeah, so the underlying, so the idea that you're going to play and get really good and win money consistently, I don't believe it. I think no. that it is a slot machine. It's and, a slot machine. And you're only playing to lose less in the long run. Right. It's a slot machine, and the power-up is the bonus. Like, if you I hit mean, the that, game you're decides decides going to which,
0: which robots are invincible and which ones aren't, though. It just...
1: Uh, so I think it's a hard awful. sell. I think this version is a very hard sell cuz I think people are going to go in thinking, "Hey, if I get good at this game, I can win." And I'm highly skeptical of that. No, you you can't. I mean, I think the the company has come out and said that you can't. Yeah. So I think I mean, I'm I'm like you, I'm bullish on the future of it. I I'm concerned that people are going to get frustrated with it and say skill-based gaming sucks. Whereas I think there are a lot of other options where it's like just the bonus game is skill-based like we talked about. There's another mm-hmm. skill-based game that's being uh, unveiled. I don't know if it's actually available anywhere, but it looks like sort of a My- Mario Kart style. I think skill-based where you're playing against other players and there's sort of a yeah. take I think those are all different ways that it can go that will be more exciting. But this iteration is, is not good. It's not going to physically hold up. And I, it's – I mean I hate to be so negative about something, but – it was bad.
0: <laughs> All right. I think,
1: uh, what, uh, is there anything else we have to say about our trip? Uh, now that we've been very, very positive about everything. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I mean, I was very positive about trop. I have to say trop was totally packed after seeing just dead Caesars and dead Bally's, going to Trop where it was really crowded was kind of like almost, I was almost taken aback like, Oh, so this is where everybody is. <laughs> uh, so that was good to actually see a crowd somewhere uh what else did we have did we have anything else on the list i think we need to figure out when we're we're going again we need another trip on the books we need another meet up on the books are,
0: are we so what's our next trip is our next trip gonna be atlantic city or is it gonna be las vegas
1: i don't think it's gonna be las vegas oh, come on man it's been like three years it's been over three years it was november of 2013 three years yeah
0: have i been since then i might have been once since then.
1: so so one thing I'll say about this trip to Atlantic City is that it was one of my favorite trips to Atlantic City that I've ever taken. Like I got, bought, I got back and I was immediately ready. I was like, I will go again next weekend. I had that much fun, which I feel like even like Vegas trips, Atlantic City trips, they're very draining. And so typically I'm like, oh, I need a couple of weeks. And then after three days, I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to like start planning again. Or I'm like, why was I ever tired of it? It's great. This trip, as soon as I got, like, as I got on the bus, I was like, I can't wait to be back. So that's a good sign for Atlantic City. Or at least for my experience of Atlantic City. I mean, I think a big part of it is that I did more non-gambling stuff. And so I felt like it was more of a full, like, well-rounded experience. But
0: Yeah, I did I did a ton of non-gambling stuff. Like, a ton. So that, that was good. That was good. I had a good time. I yep. wish I didn't drink as much as
1: I did, but lessons for the future that we will not. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, hopefully.
1: I mean, I will still drink certainly, but like, I just don't need to play three games of beer pong. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was, I, like I said, I, I think I said before we started recording, like I would be totally up for doing a Marina meetup. Like, I mean, just doing a Marina meetup at Borgata, I think would be a very different kind of vibe and might be fun. Um, even doing, like you said, whatever it is, bar one at resorts looked cool. Like even doing resorts just to like, you know, throw some love resorts away. <laughs> There's something very Atlantic city about hanging out at resorts. Yeah. It or, does feel very Atlantic city. Doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'd say that's what I like but, about it. I don't know. There's something yeah. about it that I like. I, I'd say trop for a meetup, but we'd never be able to get on a table. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, like, yeah, let's go play just, $50 craps. Like you,
0: no, usually they only, normally, like when I've been there a lot, they've only had one crap stable open. It's like yeah. a bad house. Occasionally they'll open like two, but I don't know. I don't know. So I loved it. I had a good time. <laughs> a, good, a, a good thing I have to say about resorts, just, just one thing, is that I did check in at like one and they gave me zero flack about it, nice. which is nice compared to Caesars, which, you know, charges you $20 now or whatever. do mm-hmm. that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did, I had fun at both Caesars. I had a lot of fun at Caesars also. I had fun at Caesars. I had fun at Trop. It well, I good. I always have fun at, at, at Caesars and Valleys, so. I don't know. At, the, right. at the end of the day, Caesars is good property. My anyway, room great. You have there, to go do work. Yeah, and it's been an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, so. we, we've done a lot of rambling, but yeah. we've said important stuff. We've totally trashed Danger Arena uh it's so bad we've talked up shack jack which is the most important thing i can do uh but yeah i think we have i i feel like i could have talked for another hour if that wasn't clear in my speed <laughs> talking and rambling that i did but we'll have another episode possibly next week so yeah we're we gonna can... try to have
0: one next week since you know the week after that's thanksgiving and it's not a good time to try to make an episode so
1: yeah and we've already got news that we need to talk about so yeah we do have a know.
0: bunch of other news that we need to need to get to but uh, it can wait until next week. So, I don't know. Should we close this thing down?
1: Yeah, wrap it up, Kyle.
0: Well, I do have to say, first and foremost, thank you to everyone who came out to the meetup. It really was a, a great time, even if I did drink too much and was felt horrendous the next day. Um, yeah, and, if,
1: and anybody who we didn't get a chance to talk to that much uh, yeah. I feel very bad about that, we will rectify it's, that in, the, in future meetups for
0: sure. <laughs> especially me. I only was playing beer bong the whole time, so that's my bad i should have not done that for a variety of reasons <laughs> um so anyway uh, if you enjoyed our podcast and want to kind of connect with our community you can join the facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash do for a one i think we're at like 210 now or something and we yeah. i just added a couple people during this episode we've been growing quite quickly it seems like we've been adding a lot of uh to me, it seems like we've been adding a lot of locals recently. So, that's cool. That's kind of like a demographic we haven't we haven't gotten a lot of yet. Anyway, uh, you can find all of our other non-existent content at doforawin.com. You can find our podcasts by searching for Do For A Win or Atlantic City on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Uh, you can reach out to Craig and, and send him any questions you want at uh, our Twitter account, which is at doforawin, or our email account, which is doforawin at gmail.com. And you have anything else you want to say before we sign off, Greg?
1: No, it's been way too long already, but we'll see you in probably a week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, See you then.
1: Oh, well, it'll be a long episode.